Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. Coming up on NBA Today, with Robert Sarver suspended for the year, how the Suns may approach contract decisions, and the Lakers, they add yet another point guard. So what Dennis Schroeder's signing means for L.A.'s lineup? Plus, we're a month from tip-off. Many questions remain. So we're talking Harden, Embiid, Middleton, Lonzo Ball, and more. But we start today in Las Vegas. And this season is team fought through. We were resilient. We held each other accountable. We champs! We champs! I worked so hard for this. I saw excellence, and I wanted to be a part of it. We didn't like that feeling that we had last year. We weren't going back to Vegas. We're going to a parade. That's why. This is amazing. Winning a championship is something that no one can ever take from you. I mean, I was at SoFi Stadium yesterday and I was watching that game on an iPhone. It was so intense. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. And when you win a championship, we start with you. The Aces, they won their first title in franchise history that spans 26 WNBA seasons and includes time in both Utah as the Stars and then in San Antonio as the Silver Stars and the Stars. But who was I watching when Asia Wilson chucked the ball up into the air? You already know. It was Becky Hammond. She became the first WNBA head coach to win the title in her debut season since Houston's Van Chancellor did it in the WNBA's inaugural year. And Hammond, of course, spent eight seasons in the NBA with the Spurs before then going on to Vegas. And let me just parrot our friend Ryan Rucco here. Chelsea Gray, did you see her? She was dominant all postseason on her way to winning her first career finals MVP and her second title. Gray averaged just over 18 points per game in the finals while making 40 of her threes. That's insane. So I want to talk a little bit more about all things aces. Let's bring in our panel here. We have Roz Gould on Wude and Ramona Shelburne joining us. And I mean, what a postseason run it was, particularly for Chelsea Gray. I know I mentioned Ryan Rucco in that, but there was a chorus of folks, Carolyn Peck among them, talking about just how unbelievable, unprecedented of a postseason run it was for her. Are you going to join that chorus now, Ramona? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we knew Chelsea Gray was this good when she played for the Sparks and she had that kind of a run when they won a championship. You saw Candace Parker, her former teammate, tweet that saying, I see, I knew it then, I know it, and now everybody knows it, and how how clutch Chelsea Gray can be in these moments. I mean, I I just love her journey uh, of being drafted by the Sun and traded to L.A. Now she gets to win a title here. She came out of Duke. Sat out that whole year with a knee injury, and I think people might have forgot how good she was when she was out with that knee injury, but 
They know now, and she got recognition from all over the league. Yep. Chris Paul was tweeting at her, uh, John Morant, like th this, she deserved every bit of that MVP award. And I always think back when she was a free agent, she actually visited with the Aces the summer before, ended up staying in Los Angeles, but they had laid the groundwork for her to come to Las Vegas by showing her, we know how good you are, we see what you can be for this team, and you just saw it in the finals well, this year. And obviously it was rewarded with a finals MVP, mm -hmm. but Roz, how exactly was she able to put up these prolific numbers. Well, she's the head of their offense for mm -hmm. the Aces. And you saw in Game 3 against Dewana Bonner, her length bothered her, and the Aces were not able to win that one. So she had to get ignited in Game 4 and able to, in, in order for them to get over the hump. And she was able to create space. So you'll see she is going north to south. There's no help. There's no crowds. She's able to utilize the step back to negate the 7-4 wingspan Ooh. of Dewana Bonner. And you'll notice she got to her spot. Last game, she was held all outside the three-point line. This time, again, create space. This time utilizing a retreat dribble. There's two defenders that bite on that hezzy. It's the change of pace, of course, a little hang time and a double pump, but the change of pace also sets the defense up. So the thing about Chelsea Gray is that she's not moving warp speed. Mm -hmm. It's more about the deliberateness of how she moves. And I feel like, you know, we kind of started to overuse in her bag. He's yep. in his bag. Yep. She really has a bag. Yep. She has a toolkit. Everything I showed you was great defense. Mm -hmm. It was contested. The yep. Sun are an excellent uh, defensive team, but she was just better. I mean, what, what is it that Perk always says? It, she's in her bag like it's got fries at the bottom. And <laughs> okay. She personified uh, yep. that yep. sentence on the court, Ramona. What stood out to you? Well, I think Chelsea is, like, when I close my eyes and just watch her play, I mean, you could just, it's, it's, it's Chris Paul. Like, I just watch the way she uses her body to create space, holds people off. Like, you can't always, like, one, she's a bigger point guard, so mm -hmm. she can hold her space, right? But just the way that she creates space for herself and everybody else. And it's that clutch gene. Mm. Like, you mm -hmm. can't teach that. You can't coach that. You either have it or you don't. And she, whenever the whenever the Las Vegas needed a bucket, whenever somebody, when they, they needed a leader at the end, in those big moments, Chelsea was there. Absolutely. I think on the court, Chelsea is what and who stood out. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at the totality of the aces, it's hard to separate that, I think, from what Becky Hammond mm. was able to do. I mean, just a spectacular season that was capped off with the championship and she was asked actually about her journey we touched on it a little bit earlier but take a listen to what she had to say after the game my journey's not by mistake um, every hard thing that I've gone through has built something in me that I've needed down the road and even though it sucks in the moment to not be picked or to get hurt or whatever it might be um, the hard stuff builds stuff in you that's necessary for life and you'll be using it down the road it may not feel like that in the moment but for me you know <clears throat> it's not really about proving other people wrong, it's proving myself right, you know? If you guys haven't figured out yet, I don't really care. You like me, you don't like me, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just gonna be myself, and uh, if you like me, great. If not, we just keep it moving. I mean, she kept mm. it moving all the way to a championship. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what did she prove to you this season, Ramon? Well, you know what? I think what's interesting about Becky is in the NBA, everyone would say, why isn't she getting head coaching opportunities? She yeah. certainly got interviews. Why wasn't she getting opportunities? And as a reporter, you'd call around, you'd hear stories, and, and people couldn't quite see her in that role. And, and, and she'd interview, but I, and I don't know whether or not it was a, a function of vision, or maybe she just does things differently than other people. And 
I think what she kept saying to yesterday of, if you don't know me well enough, you know that I really don't care. Like, she knows what's said about her behind her back. She knows what's said about her in, in other circles. She truly doesn't care. And that is an incredible toughness to have, and I think that's carried her her entire career. I mean, five, six-point guard from South Dakota. I'm from, like, how did she have the career, right? She didn't play for the U.S. National, national Team. They didn't see her in that role. But she just didn't care. She just kept, kept it moving. And I think one day somebody will see what she knows for herself, um, which is that she can she can win a championship. She mm -hmm. just went out and did it right away. And it's not that easy mm -hmm. to take a team that had been knocking on the door for years and get them over the hump. Phil Jackson's a guy who used to do that. Mm. Becky Hammond just did that for the Aces. Absolutely. Ross? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's she's a great basketball mind. Mm -hmm. And she's had opportunities to show it in the Summer League, NBA Summer League. She's done it, you know, in little stints for pop. But here she was able to do it at scale over the course of an entire season. And Becky is someone who inherited a very talented team. Yep. You know, Bill Lambeer's Aces squad was a title contender last year, points in the paint, rebounds, defense. But she really opened up the offense. It kind of reminds me of Steve Kerr yep. taking the team from Mark Jackson and elevating their offense as well in 14-15. Um, this is somebody who brought NBA concepts to the WNBA, yeah. though. Mm. So she added in more pace, more space, more threes, even mixed in a little bit of that zone defense, yep. which NBA teams have been using. You mentioned she came in and won the championship. I'm going to call that a staff success, mm. um, a scouting success. Yeah, Becky was a former WNBA player, but she mm -hmm. spent the last eight years in the NBA. So she had to come in and essentially just learn a league. Like, that is hard to do. Yep. Yeah. And then we, we fawned over her execution after timeout plays, um, end game execution type plays. And I spoke with Asia Wilson, different players who talked about her composure, yeah. her calmness in those moments, the X's and O's. She also has the feel during the finals. Remember ripping into the team at halftime to get them over the hump in mm. game one. Yep. She's got the X's and O's and the feel. And I cover the NBA and the WNBA. One thing that's consistent in talking to players who have worked with Becky is they respect her. Yeah. And, and she gives it back. It seems to me that the excuses and and from listening to Becky talk from having her on this show right mm -hmm. she does not see being a head coach in the WNBA in any way shape or form as second fiddle to having become one in the NBA she is the head coach of a professional basketball team but in the same breath it, it's hard for me to look at this and not believe that the excuses of why there is not mm -hmm. a woman who is a head coach in the NBA they are going to run out yep very shortly. Right. So whether it is Becky Hammond who is the first to occupy that position or whether it is, it is somebody else, she has won at the highest level and that is going to transfer and translate back into the NBA. I have to believe that that's going to be the case. Also definitely yeah. starting that fashion trend with the jacket and the sweater inside. Uh, man. I mean, we know I love I love sweater weather, man. <laughs> yeah, and also don't forget, I think there's an opportunity to, to run this back and keep doing oh, this. Yeah. That whole core is under 30 years old. You know, so, uh -oh. so and so the rest going. of the WNBA, what Roz is saying is everybody better watch out, Roz. Thank you so much for your work, by the way, through the yep. entire post the postseason in the WNBA, the entire WNBA season. We're so excited to have you back with us also on NBA coverage. Ramona, please don't go too far because we have an entire show to get Thank to. You, Malika. We're also not done, Roz, talking about the aces on this show. Here they are. You can see them arriving back in Vegas at 2 a.m. Pacific time. How cool is this? It's the Bellagio's 
style welcome at yeah. Airport. I love that. <laughs> Coming up, we have Holly Rowe, who details their historic run to their first WNBA championship. Yeah. That's awesome. Raiders need to watch them, see how to close out games. Right. Woo. Still to come to on NBA Today with Robert Sarver suspended for the year, how the Suns may approach contract decisions, and off a monster Eurobasket tournament, Dennis Schroeder, he inked a deal with the Lakers, so it's getting a little crowded in their backcourt. Plus, how Ben Simmons fits in Brooklyn, the health of Lonzo Ball and Chris Middleton, how much does Harden have left in the tank? We've got the questions and the answers. That is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today. It's been six days since the NBA's investigation's findings were released and the suspension of Phoenix Suns majority owner Robert Sarver was announced by the league. So here's just a quick look at the timeline of events that got us to where we stand currently. So back on November 4th, ESPN's Baxter Holmes published an investigation into Suns owner Robert Sarver and then the Suns workplace culture as a whole. And the NBA released a report on the findings of an independent investigation on Sarver. That was this past Tuesday. They also suspended Sarver for one year and fined him $10 million. And then, two days later, Suns minority owner Jom Najafi called for Sarver's resignation. And then the next day, the Suns jersey sponsor PayPal said it would not renew its partnership after the season, that is, if Sarver remains involved with the team. So now welcoming into the show our senior writers Ramona Shelburne and Brian Windhorst, along with our front office insider Bobby Marks. Thank you all so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. Bobby, I want to start with you here. How does the potential fallout of what is going on with Robert Sarver here impact the decisions that the front office needs to make? I, I think the million dollar question, or maybe the $33 million question, mm -hmm. is do they have the authority to keep on spending, right? This mm -hmm. is a Phoenix team that's in the luxury tax first time since 2009-2010. million tax penalty. They've got an open roster spot. That would even cost them about $7 million. So, does this front office led by James Jones have the authority to go out and make a big trade and add significantly to their luxury tax bill? And what will signify to you, Bobby, that they do just when those moves are made or is it something more? I think if you get to the five yard line on a deal and there's some hesitation to add 14 to $15 million in an extra salary, 
if they back off or do they go, kind of go forward in doing so. Mm, that'll be a big indication. So, Brian, can you just explain how active has the front office been for Phoenix over the last 30 days or so? Active and very yeah. active within this last week. They are conducting business there in trade negotiations right now. A lot of them are centered around Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is a player who is available on the market right now. Whether or not there's going to be a deal for him that materializes before now and next week's trade deadline, that we'll have to wait and see. Um, but Jay Crowder is a guy in the last year of his contract. And, you know, it's possible that they could do a deal that they would bring back more money on. And Bobby and folks that I'm talking to, they don't get the sense that the Suns are afraid to continue to spend, um, that they may be spending more. Uh, it would not surprise me if the Suns get involved in the negotiations for uh, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich from mm. the Utah Jazz, who is available on the market right now. Several teams are bidding for him. Um, also, they are negotiating, from what I've been told, with Cam Johnson yeah. on a contract extension. Now, that wouldn't affect this year's salary. That would be for down the line. But it would also indicate that they are looking to invest uh, long-term in another uh, player and avoid a restricted free agency situation like they had with DeAndre Ayton last year. So. From a, front, from a front office perspective, from the folks that I'm talking to, the Suns are operating like a, like a championship contender looking to improve their team heading into camp. Interesting. Does that jive with what you've heard? Of? Yeah, I've heard the same. And, and I think that um, what's interesting going forward is um, there's a question of how banned is Robert Sarver? Right, like how if you're gonna, uh, if they have they have other minority owners who are gonna be making calls. How quickly can they can they operate? How quickly can that authorization come? But is Sarver still being informed of what's going on? Is he still connected? He's not supposed to be. Um, and then it brings us back to the issue of how the players are gonna handle this. We have media day coming up next week everybody's going to get those questions we were seeing chris paul put out a statement which i thought was a, a big step for the leader of that team to do and also the former head of the players association um, and so what what is the next step here how do the players continue moving forward this is a team with championship who was in the finals a couple years ago championship aspirations again and it reminds me a bit of the clipper team when donald sterling had uh, his his scandal that happened right in the middle of the playoffs. And it was incredibly hard for them to deal with right in the middle of the playoffs. They chose Doc Rivers to speak for them. In this situation, Monty Williams has spoken a lot for the Suns. We're coming right back to it at the start of a season. It, in some ways, it's, it's good timing because they can address it straight on. But yeah. in other ways, it's just going to be a season-long conversation. Well, and not only do the players have to address this, but also, Bobby, the front office folks mm -hmm. are going to have to take these questions and address this. We'll be hearing from them for the first time, including from some folks who did initially sign a letter in support of Robert Sarver. How do you expect that to be handled? I'm expecting James Jones is in charge, but I'm expecting the voice to be Monty Williams. I think when, when mm -hmm. it's all said done he is going to be the leader of the group of 14 players that are in that locker room that will make that roster here and and what Monty says is going to be the message from from the team here and I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear from James but at the end of the day Monty Williams is the leader of this group certainly with Chris Paul by his side and, and Brian you've been enmeshed with the Phoenix Suns you've been covering them a lot is that what you expect here yeah you know I was there last year the day the report came out and um, Monty Devin Booker and Chris Paul all basically had the same message, which was, we're going to wait for the investigation. Mm. And the investigation has now arrived. So the question really is, we know that there's disappointment with the, with, the, with the adjudication. We've heard that from Chris Paul. We've heard that from the Players Association on this show last week. The question is, if that doesn't change, what steps are, would the Suns be willing to take? And I just don't have a read on that. And while you mentioned earlier that PayPal has made an announcement, mm -hmm. When the Clippers situation happened, those sponsors ordered their, their 
stuff blacked out immediately. The next Clipper game, their sponsors were gone. Yeah. PayPal is the only sponsor that so far has publicly come so out, far. and they have said in a year, maybe. We haven't had any other sponsors as yet. We're still, we haven't had any games yet, but we haven't had the same backlash. So the pressure that Adam Silver felt to some degree with Alan Sterling, while they're speaking out, we, we haven't seen really the gas be pushed out on that. And so that's why Media Day a week from today will be a very good litmus test to see whether or not the organization, the players and the coaches are going to tolerate what's happened or whether they're going to you know, make a stronger statement. Well, and there seems to be two things that the Suns are trying to balance right now. The fact that they do have these decisions to make around contract yeah. extensions, around trades, but also the fact that they have the situation with Robert Sarver on the other hand, that they still need to work through how to handle. Thank you all so much. Please do not go too far. I, I want to go now to uh, another developing story. Amani Bates, the former number one recruit in the 2022 class was arrested Sunday night in Superior Township, Michigan, after sheriff's deputies discovered a firearm in a vehicle he was driving. Now, Bates, who recently transferred from Memphis to Eastern Michigan, was charged with both carrying a concealed weapon and altering ID marks on a firearm. He was arraigned Monday, and his attorney, Steve Haney, asked a, quote, not guilty plea to be entered on his behalf. And Haney told ESPN that the arrest last night came after a routine traffic stop when he was driving a borrowed car that had a gun in it. He said, reserve judgment on this in a statement. There's way more to the story. He borrowed someone's car, was pulled over, and a gun was located in the car. Now, per the Michigan Penal Code, a person charged with carrying a concealed weapon can face imprisonment for not more than five years and a fine up to $2,500. The charge of altering an ID on a weapon carries a penalty of up to two years in prison and a fine up to $1,000. Still to come, the Lakers, they add back Dennis Schroeder. So where does that leave Russ and Patrick Beverly? We will talk, be talking about L.A. next. And our reporters, they answer the biggest questions remaining with one month left until tip-off. So how will Ben Simmons fit in Brooklyn? Plus, find out why Adam Sandler made today's show. Trust us, you're going to want to stick around and find out more NBA Today after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Los Angeles Lakers were pathetic. They were so horrible effort. Everything that could possibly have gone wrong went wrong for the Lakers. They pretty much just kicked their ass. I mean, there's nothing else really to say. It's been a, a roller coaster for us uh, all year, especially injuries. LeBron and Anthony Davis out of the Lakers lost again. How much ground do they lose to playoff time? The Phoenix Suns have beaten the defending champion. It's been mentally draining, spiritually, emotionally draining. We've given everything we had up until this moment. Time to think about what the offseason has in store. Lakers fans, if you're wondering why you asked us to make you relive that, it's because that was the last time that Dennis Schroeder was on the Lakers, and guess what? He's back! So, the free agent guard is finalizing a one-year, $2.64 million deal to return to the Lakers. That's according to his agent, Mark Bartlestein of Priority Sports. So, Lakers general manager Rob Palenka and new coach Darvin Ham, they reached out to Russell Westbrook in recent days to tell him that they planned to sign a veteran guard to the team's 14th roster spot. That's what sources told our Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Ramona, let's back this bus up a little bit. Why is this time different for Dennis Schroeder? Well, we'll see if it is. <laughs> or could it be? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he didn't come out saying that I want to start and that he's been promised starting because he hasn't been this time. And I think that really started that whole, that whole experience off on the wrong foot last time, which Dennis Schroeder was joining an NBA championship team. They went and traded for him, and the first thing out of his mouth was, I'm, I want to start, and they told me I'm going to start. And, you know, he had just won six man of the year. So in this situation, they've they've told him, you're, you're going to have a significant role on this team, but you're going to compete for a spot. And from what I understand now, they still see Russell Westbrook as a starter. Um, they, he's he's a former MVP. He's, uh, he's given that respect. Everyone's going to compete for jobs. Uh, but Dennis Schroeder is seen as, as, as Russell Westbrook as the starter there. They also see Patrick Beverly as, a, as more of a backcourt mate rather than somebody who's also in that point guard mix if you want to now LeBron James is a point guard okay mm. so these are all just titles that we're giving people but in terms of who's starting I think Dennis Schroeder is is not coming out right out of the gate saying I'm going to be the starter so it's setting a little bit of a different tone here, Wendy. That's right. I mean, look, the Lakers like Dennis Schroeder. They traded for him. Yep. They tried to sign him to a huge extension, which he turned down very famously. Yes. Now they're getting him on a minimum contract. They're probably thrilled about the value. Mm-hmm. Um, in and of itself, it's a good signing. He's a guy who's dynamic off the bounce, especially when he gets in mismatches. Um, he can have big scoring games. I mean, he's won the Lakers many games before by just sort of doing what you just saw right there, getting to the basket. The problem is when you look at it in the totality of the other moves. When you look at Kendrick Nunn, when you look at Russell Westbrook, when you look at Pat Beverly. I love this. <laughs> that may have been, uh, that was him saying, I still got a roller. Um, <laughs> when you look at it in totality, these are all guys who are combo guards who frankly don't shoot well. Mm. And we're in a, and, and also the guy, their, their premium um, offseason signing was Lonnie Walker. He also doesn't shoot well from three-point range. So you're looking at all these guys who don't shoot the ball well in a, in a league where shooting is not only at a premium, but for the last 15 years in this league, Every team that's had LeBron James, it's shooting, 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 shooting. Right. And their best shooter amongst all these guys is Kendrick Nunn, who hasn't played in a year, and we don't even know how healthy he's going to be at the start of the season. I just do not believe, and this can be used as receipts later. You can use this against me, I guess, Lakers. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that the basketball people 
in this organization believe that this is a group that's actually going to work. Hmm. I just don't believe it. I don't believe, you know, I think they took a guy here who they think is a good value at a minimum contract, and they thought, we're going to do some major makeover here, and eventually it'll make sense. So I will just say, I will wait till it makes sense, but right now it does not. Well, you can see their lack of shooting on the screen there. I guess it, it begs the question, though. Right now, the backcourt, it, it's looking a little bit crowded, Bobby. Do you want to walk with me and explain yeah. how exactly a lineup may look? Well, I think when we look at their lineup, I don't think the only thing that's guaranteed right now is LeBron James and Anthony Davis as mm -hmm. their two starters sure. here. I mean, this is a guard-heavy roster here, and certainly with Russell Westbrook and you know Damian Jones at center, Kendrick Nunn, Brian, mentioned here but look at all your guards here I mean all the way down to kind of Max Christie this is a uh, this is heavy so when you add in you can basically kind of just we can flip-flop guys here when you look at Patrick Beverly we can put him for Kendrick Nunn okay a lot of interchangeable parts but here's my my concern guard heavy right yeah. basically eight players on eight out of the 14 players are guards they've got this one open roster spot are they going to use it $7 million it's going to cost them. 11 expiring contracts. Malika, we're in the off season right now. This is the honeymoon period. What happens when we get going in training camp and now Russell Westbrook's not playing 34 minutes right. or Patrick Beverly's not playing 30 minutes here. And then the other thing, the largest tax bill in Laker history at $39 million. We talked about it with the Suns. Are they willing to kind of add to their roster here? But this is what their roster is going to be. And as I said, the only thing that's guaranteed is LeBron James and Anthony Davis as your two starters right now. It seems like everything else, even if we expect Russell Westbrook by listening to Darvin Ham to start at the beginning of the season, that's not guaranteed to see how it goes after a couple of games. So it's clear, I mean, Darvin Ham has his work cut out for him, Bobby, when you're trying to figure out rotations, when you're trying to figure out lineups here. So that's in theory how it could look. Ramona, how is this going to work? Well, you know, part of this starts with Darvin Ham's emphasis on defense, mm. okay? And a lot of the players that they've gone out and got, Patrick Beverly, Dennis the Menace, you know, Dennis Schur, that's why they liked him in the first place. That, that fits with the way Darvin Ham wants his, his guys to play. And if you watch the Lakers at all last year, you know that the reason they didn't win is because they didn't play a lick of defense, okay? When Darvin Ham interviewed for this job, he went and watched all their games, and all he talked about was defense. It's not about who's going to shoot and who's not. It's about can you improve on that side of the ball. That's why they've gone out and got Patrick Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, some of the some of the other guards they've they've looked at. Now, defense is not about adding individual players. It's about team concepts, and you have to have your stars buy into that. And that is the emphasis they'll have going into training camp. But Darvin Ham knows Dennis from from Atlanta. He was an assistant on the, on Mike Budenholzer's staff when he was there. Um, he was on, in favor of, the, if, of this signing. LeBron James has already reached out to Schroeder, and, and they've been talking this whole time. This has right. been a conversation that has been months in the making. Well, but, Brian, we already know you have cold feet about this. <laughs> I don't believe it. I just, I, I mean, I, I, everything that Darvin said, I, I respect him a lot as a basketball mind. I respect his resume. I watch him as a player. He made it in the league by being smarter and tougher. This does not equate with someone who's smarter and tougher. It's just, it's not a smart, it's not a smart um, game plan. And I know we saw Russell Westbrook shooting threes in an empty gym last week. And <laughs> if Russell Westbrook comes in and starts shooting 44% on corner three-pointers and starts shooting, you know, 39% overall and is out there killing it on defense, I will be glad to come on this show and say I was wrong and that I didn't see it. And I'm not being invited to Russell Westbrook's workout, so I don't get to see it. But based on 
what we have is a track record. And all of these players, mm. track records, I mean, it's not like we don't know what they are. Their track records don't indicate that this is going to work. And, I, and, I, and I, I think Darvin Ham is basically trying to check off the boxes so that when they pull the plug on it, they can at least say, we checked off all the boxes. We gave everyone the benefit of the doubt and had every opportunity to be able to work. You knew what the system was, and if you don't fit it, we gave you an opportunity and you didn't. Okay, so this is about this year's Lakers. But did you, did you guys see what the, the Showtime Lakers are up to right now? I want to be, be in Hawaii. They had a reunion. Check this out. Players. That's a sky hook if I ever saw one. I Look at that. You can still this. do it. 75. This is a still unstoppable shot. <laughs> it is, by the way. Like, it really is. Block that. Well, you guys want to see video of it? You want to see yeah. how it actually yes. went down? I mean, his jumper, it still looks incredible. Look at this. Getting after it in the gym. Wendy. Okay, here's what I love about See Riley right there? Riley has a practice plan. Yep. And he's running them through the paces. He's got like a card stock, his blue card stock that he always uses. Riley ran a, a freaking practice. That's where they play the Maui Invitational, by the way, in this Lahaina. This is supposed to be a walkthrough. And I, I said to Michael <laughs> Thompson, guys going don't know in, what walkthrough yeah. means. Well, just as if anyone was <laughs> needed a reminder, LeBron enters the season well within reach of the all-time scoring record. Just 1,326 points away from passing Kareem. But Kareem's back in the gym. So, I mean, he, he can sign a couple of 10 days and jack coming. that number up. <laughs> To make a few skyhooks. Exactly, because I mean, otherwise LeBron is going to be—he's what averaging at least 25 points per game over his next 54 games. Get there in January, February. Get there January. Yeah, January, yeah. February. All right, it's all marked on everybody's calendars. Still to come, though, on NBA Today, our reporters—they are going to dive into all of the biggest questions remaining. Just one month until tip-off. That includes Ben Simmons fit with Kevin Durant, Kyrie in Brooklyn. Stay tuned. That's next. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today. I saw excellence, and I wanted to be a part of it. I worked so hard. 
the Las Vegas Aces Road to Excellence. It took some time before relocating to Las Vegas. The San Antonio Stars, they went 23-79 and 79 in three seasons. That was from 2015 to 2017, prompting the team to be put up for sale. So it was time to reshuffle the deck. Holly Rowe has more. You know the saying. What happens in Sin City stays in Sin City. But why should it? In Vegas, when you win, you celebrate. And this season has come up aces. The city of Las Vegas has its first major professional title. From Utah to Texas to Vegas, the Aces have finally found a winning combination. The franchise was dealt three of a kind with three number one draft picks in 2017. Kelsey Plum. 2018. Asia Wilson. And 2019. Jackie Young. Original bad boy Bill Lambeer assembled a great nucleus, but the Aces weren't able to win the title. Do you feel a change around here? Enter Las Vegas Raiders owner, Mark Davis, who raised the stakes going all in buying the Aces in 2021. When I rule the world. The Aces hired a new dealer in Becky Hammond, former six-time All-Star turned coach, who worked under San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich for seven years. I always do what she says. Becoming the first female head coach in an NBA summer league, leading the Spurs to a title. When we get those offensive kickouts, okay? Go ahead and let it fly. Hammond is known when to hit and when to hold. The Las Vegas Aces get the win. This is a great feeling, but we're not done yet. Led by Defensive Player of the Year and League MVP Asia Wilson and most improved player Jackie Young, Las Vegas earned the number one seed. The Aces swept the shorthanded Mercury in the first round, but facing Seattle was tough. Young to tie, makes it home! Las Vegas won the series 3-1, forcing a hard goodbye. In just their third WNBA Finals appearance, Chelsea Gray has had a playoff for the ages. Chelsea Buckets! This was no game of chance, no roll of the dice the first major league championship of any kind in Vegas. Took skill. What a big delivery from Asia Wilson. Resilience, toughness. So no reason to keep this news in Vegas a secret. This year, finally, Vegas is coming up aces and champions. It's never too early. I know the season, it just ended, but we already have the 2023 WNBA title odds. The Aces, they're the favorites to repeat at plus 200. No WNBA team has done that since who, Ramona? The Sparks in 2001 and 2002. They're followed by the last two teams. The Aces beat the Sun at plus 350 and the Storm at plus 500. But the Storm is going to be missing a lot of changes coming to some of those teams there. Major player. Uh, WNBA and MVP, Asia Wilson, finals Two MVP, time. Chelsea Gray, and more could potentially be on the floor as the 19th annual FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup starts this week in Australia. Oh my Ooh, goodness. Quick turnaround. The star-studded U.S. team will start their quest for their fourth straight gold medal as they take on China in the preliminary round matchup. That's Friday night at 12.30 a.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific on ESPN2 and the app. 
So we've also, we got a Eurobasket champion, Bo Cruz, uh, sorry, Juancho Herman Gomez in <laughs> Spain get the best of Rudy Gobert in France. Juancho had 27 points in the finale and his brother Willie added 14 and one tournament MVP honors. Spain is your 88 to 76 winner. Their fourth European championship in six tries. Viva! But that's not all. Did you guys see this? Adam Sandler, he was rooting on his Hustle co-star, taking to Twitter to say, Bo Cruz getting it done. Love you, Juancho <laughs> and Willie. Congrats to the whole Spanish team. I love that. That's so great. Getting it done. I binged that so fast, that show. Oh, yeah. Really good. It was so great. Hustle yeah. was a really, really fun. Um, not about hustle, but still so many questions still to be answered as we're just one month away from tip-off of the season. We have injury updates on Lonzo Ball and Chris Middleton. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NBA Today. We are less than one month away. Gosh, I cannot believe it. From the start of the NBA season, to be exact, it is 29 days away. And since we have an excellent panel of reporters that span across the Eastern Conference beats joining us now, we're going to do a little bit of a reporter's roundtable. And lucky Nick Friedle, I want to start with you here because <laughs> arguably, right, guys, the, the Biggest question mark, I think, in the Eastern Conference is the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant. What do you think, Nick? Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell yeah. Good segment. Can it actually work? That's the question. Mm. With Kevin, with Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play in over a year. How does he fit with those two? And are Kyrie and Simmons going to be invested in being part of the team day after day after day on top of the fact that when it first goes wrong, because it always does in an 82-game season, what happens and how does KD respond when things are starting to go the wrong way? Well, and if they go the right way, then the Nets, they very well could sit at the top of the Eastern Conference. But a team that I really expect to be up there is the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Jamal Collier, you cover the Midwest for us. What can you tell us about the question mark? that surround Milwaukee. And let's actually also check in on Chicago. Well, the Bucks, you know, their offseason was interesting because they brought everybody back and said, we had Chris Middleton if he doesn't trip and fall in that first round right. and get hurt. They believe they could have won the championship last season. Mm. So if Chris Middleton is back, 
I really feel like he has maybe one of the most most to prove out here. For, we've had so long of Chris Middleton being a question of could he be a number two on a mm. championship team. Also off for a potential extension next summer, too. And it's a guy who now, uh, the flip side of it, feels like Chris Middleton is so important and so crucial for a team to win a championship. So getting Middleton back, getting him on the floor, and those big three being up there is going to be huge for Milwaukee. And you mentioned the Bulls. What's going on with Lonzo Ball? I think right. it's the biggest question for them. They were in first place before he gets hurt. He gets hurt. They're four games under 500 the rest of the season and really not competitive in that playoff series against Milwaukee. So they need Lonzo on the floor. Well, and you had a fabulous story on ESPN.com last week that outlined the timeline of yeah. Lonzo Ball and, and his injury last season. And reading it, I didn't feel so confident that he's going to be out there at the start of the season. Tim, what's your biggest question mark in the East right now? Because there are a whole bunch, clearly. Yeah, I mean, I think Lonzo, if you're looking overall, his health is a huge question for the Bulls. That could be the difference between them making the playoffs and potentially getting out of the play-in tournament, right? Like, they could be sitting in ninth or tenth place at the end of the regular season, and that's a franchise that went all in. But I think if you look at where the Eastern Conference is right now, yep. all the talk this summer, you could go to the Nets. To me, it's about James Harden. What level of player is James Harden going to be this year for the Philadelphia 76ers? We've seen all the workout videos of James this summer, getting into shape, getting ready to go. But is he going to be the guy that when he was with the Nets for a couple months at the start of that first season, he was one of maybe the best player in the league, one of the top three or four players in the league? Or is he the guy that last year was, I don't know, the 20th best player in the league, 25th best player in the league, wasn't in contention for All-NBA? Mm -hmm. The Sixers are going to be the championship-level team they want to be. James has to be that good. But the one thing I will say, this is the first time in Joel Embiid's career the team was built to accentuate what he does and is not built around with him having to make up for their weaknesses and the issues with the roster. So I expect Joel Embiid, as a result, to have an absolutely monster season this so year. So James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Lonzo Ball, Chris Middleton, Wendy, what are we missing? Let's talk about a big all-star trade this offseason. Not Rudy Gobert, not Donovan Mitchell, not the non-trade of Kevin Durant. How about DeJounte Murray hmm. going to the Atlanta Hawks? Them bringing in a player to put alongside Trey Young that could cover up some of his deficiencies, specifically defensively. How well will these two guys fit together? Well, how about that they're both celebrating a birthday today? So happy birthday to them. But how will they fit together on the court is going to be a big factor in the Eastern Conference this year. Like, this team now has defensive options. They can, they can stagger them. And the Eastern Conference teams one through six, there's almost no breaking them up. And nobody's really paying attention to the Hawks. The Hawks made a really big move, too. And they have one of the deepest teams in the league, and I think that's going to really carry the day for them. And they could be a team that makes a lot of us, makes a lot of surprises during the course of the season. You mentioned birthdays. It's also our friend Cassidy Hubbard's birthday. So happy birthday, happy Cass. Happy birthday, Cass. Uh, hey, Nick, you mentioned Kyrie. Kyrie has not spoken to reporters recently, but he was on Twitch over the weekend, <laughs> and he addressed the disappointing finish for the Nets last season. Take a listen. We got four old, my G. We got four old. It, it was it was meant to happen like that. Motivation, bro. We needed we needed that humbling experience, especially going against the Celtics. You know, it, it was already built in, to be that matchup. So we're gonna see him again. We're gonna have to. So I was talking to some folks this weekend, Nick, who said, you know. Kyrie Irving knows that this season, it's a big one for him. He has some things to prove. What do you think? Well, he's got a lot of stuff to prove. First, he's got to play all the time. And he's got to be invested in the framework of that team every day during the year. And if he does that, the contract from somebody's going to be there. But count me in the group that does not believe that all of these things are going to be able to come together. And I'm laughing listening to that soundbite. You lose 4-0 to the Celtics, and that's going to motivate the group? What that group was missing was camaraderie. 
they got to be together to get it. <laughs> and Kyrie's at the heart of that. So if Kyrie shows up, we know how great he can be when he plays. Yeah. He's got to play, and he's got to be part of that team every day. Well, and there's no question that Kyrie Irving is just an insanely talented basketball player. Mm-hmm. The questions have surrounded the last couple of seasons. Will he be available? Will he show up? And if he shows up, you might consider that a great comeback for the Brooklyn Nets. And guys, hey, speaking of comebacks, I appreciate you taking the time, but there were some insane NFL comebacks yesterday. Did you guys see this? So I'm going to ask our crew their favorite single-game NBA comebacks in history. We're back in just 60 seconds. Tonight, we have two Monday night football matchups. The Titans battle the Bills at a special start time of 7.15 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN2, and Deportes, Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Dan Orlovsky on the call. And the Vikings, they take on the Eagles at 8.30 Eastern on ABC, ESPN+, and Deportes, Joe Buck, and Troy Aikman have that one. Has pushed the Dolphins back into a deep hole. We came out to the fourth quarter. Little pump points on the board. We wasn't. Four. Fourth quarter, Miami touchdown. Utter disbelief. He is not real pleased. There's a fight. There's going to be some ejections. The Cowboys beat the Bengals. Done our day. Trace down. Yep, it's not good. There is an issue. Jimmy came in and was ready for the moment. Welcome back, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jalen Paul's game in week two. Sunday was a day of comebacks, and that got us thinking, what about some comebacks in the NBA? Ramona. What to you is the number one comeback in NBA history? Well, I was there in 2018 when Golden State Warriors took Game 7 Oh, the yep. Rockets. 27 straight misses by the Rockets. Oh. 27. Brian, my favorite, I don't know about NBA history. My favorite, the Morris Peterson, 2007. He, Michael Ruffin throws the ball up in the air. Morris Peterson catches it and shoots it in one motion to force overtime. One of the greatest four-second comebacks you'll ever see in NBA history. No, yep. that was pretty incredible. And I think we're going to be in store for a couple of this season. Years. And we'll see if Monday Night Football has any <laughs> in store it. for Trust us it. tonight. That'll do it. We will see you tomorrow.